0: Today, we are continuing the series we started last week on church systems. If you remember, we left off by mentioning that a healthy church has seven different systems. The Sunday service, evangelism, assimilation or discipleship, volunteer, giving, leadership development, and strategic system. Today, we'll be looking at the Sunday service system and evangelism system. Welcome to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. I hope you all are doing well. It's been an interesting uh, 10 days for me with the launch of the podcast, as well as our city being put into another lockdown. It's a 14-day lockdown due to a COVID outbreak. It's always fun for those of us who work for churches when they announce these uh, snap lockdowns, these new restrictions on a Saturday. We had less than 24 hours to cancel in-person services, communicate that with everyone, then plan and execute our online services. Thank God for systems. Because of the systems we have in place, we were able to use Axnet, our social pages, and WhatsApp to communicate and coordinate all the changes in just a matter of hours. Well, since I've gotten that off of my chest, let's go ahead and talk about the Sunday service system. Last week, we established that this is the one system that every church has. It is how we plan, structure, and execute our Sunday services. Now, this doesn't just apply to everything that happens from when the service starts to when it finishes, but it also applies to what takes place leading up to the start of the service, and even what follows the service leading into the week. Some churches have decided to move away from calling their gatherings a service, and instead they're referring to it as a worship experience. Now, I don't really have a problem with that if your church has chosen to do that, but I prefer to use the word service because it continues to remind us that on Sundays we are serving God in worship and serving each other throughout the time we are together. So when I'm talking about service, You can just uh, insert worship experience for those who use that terminology. With that said, there are many different ways to conduct your services. You could have the traditional morning and night service, or only have one big service in the morning. Our church, for years, had uh, the morning and night service. We had a 10 a.m. service and a 6.30 p.m. service. And then a few years ago, we switched to the other, another type of service, which is multiple services. So this is where uh, the worship and the preaching are the same in each service. And the purpose of multiple, multiple services is to double your capacity or triple it or quadruple it, depending on how many services you have. And within these different types of services, you could also have a myriad of different service structures. One of the things I enjoy doing every Monday is watching online services of churches around the world to see how they are organizing their services, and I force my family to go through this <laughs> ritual with me every Monday night. I've seen all types, and none of them are wrong if they fit your church. I've seen churches start with a benediction and a choir. I've seen churches sing one song and then have announcements in prayer, followed by the rest of worship. Others have upbeat songs break for the announcements and offering, and then have slower songs followed by the preaching. Some decide to do their announcements and offering following the worship and prior to the preaching. The idea is to take a look at your church with fresh eyes and consider what works best for you, what works best for your church, what works best for the structure that you would like to have in place. Think about the planning and executing of your Sunday services. What are some weak spots that you are aware of? Are there common complaints from volunteers or church members? Do you have regular awkward moments? Some of those issues can be solved just through communication and planning. If we communicate a bit better, if we plan a bit better, we can get rid of some of those mistakes or some of those weak spots. For example, our church would consistently have miscommunication about when Sunday school was on break or if our New Life Journey class was meeting. We would also forget to dismiss the classes following the offering, and announcements would be added last minute. The solution that we arrived at was to develop a service plan, and that plan would lay out the structure of our services. It would include the songs, who is leading each song, the announcements, and the name of the preacher for that Sunday, or for that service. The service plan and announcements for Sunday are then emailed to pastor and the necessary volunteer teams every Friday afternoon. It is a rare occurrence that either of those are changed prior to the service starting. Along with that, we trained our worship leaders to make the appropriate dismissals, and we created a WhatsApp group that included the leaders of Sunday School, Kresh, New Life Journey, and our Chinese ministry, where they can easily notify us if they are not meeting. By implementing these new procedures, we cleaned up a weak spot and mitigated some awkward moments. That is just one example, but we have consistently made changes to our service structure over the years to try and make it better. Another example of changes we have made over the years is our announcements. When I first started working for the church over 10 years ago, the announcements were spoken only, so the service leader would, would just speak out the announcements, and that would be how we did announcements. We also had a weekly uh, handout or newsletter that we would give out, but the announcements themselves during service were spoken. Then we decided to institute video announcements, because that was in vogue at that time. People uh, liked video announcements, it was the cool thing to do, but we noticed after a bit that people weren't actually watching the announcements. We would play them, they'd be on the screen, and people would just check out, they wouldn't be watching them. So, we decided to switch to spoken announcement with images. And that's what we currently do today, we do a spoken announcement with an image on the screens for people to look at. But another slight adjustment we made recently is that we limited the announcements to two or three spoken announcements with images. And then we would do video announcements between the services so people would be able to see them, but it would be running on our screens between each service. And along with that, we created a Facebook group called POS Family. And we encouraged our department leaders or anyone who had an announcement to post in that Facebook group the announcement so then it could be reached to people anytime throughout the week whenever they would like. They can post. So you see how it evolved over the years. It started off as just Spoken announcements, we noticed people uh, that people kept asking about what was going on even though we announced it. So then we went to video announcements, that didn't work, we went to spoken announcements with images, then we realized we had too many announcements, so we limited it and created this group so that we could do a better job of communicate communicating what is happening at the POS. And I'm sure it's going to change again at some point moving forward. So... Here are some questions that you can ask yourself when looking at your current service structure. How are our service times working? Should we consider changing times, getting rid of a service or adding a service? Is our worship service too long or is it too short? Do we have too many fast songs? Do we not have enough? Do we have too many slow songs or not enough? How many announcements do we have? Are they effective? Is the message being communicated? What type of language do we use when communicating from the platform? Is it easily understandable for guests? And this is what I refer to as Christianese. We use language that we're used to using in a Pentecostal or or apostolic church, and our guests may have no idea what we're saying. Are our volunteers punctual and well-trained for their tasks? Do we have a master roster for all of our volunteers to keep from double booking volunteers, as we have so many people that volunteer across different ministries. Those are just a few things to consider, and the answer to those questions may lead you to make some changes. One last thing I want to mention about the Sunday service system before we move on is that it should be centered around our guests. This is the primary opportunity for them to experience Jesus, and we must do our best to usher in that experience. And we're going to talk a lot more about that uh, with the assimilation process. But I just wanted to mention that it's so important that we consider our guests when we're structuring our services. How can we best communicate with them? How can we best make sure that they experience Jesus? And speaking of our guests, that leads us nicely into our next system, the evangelism system. This system is the way we attract people to our church, In many churches, evangelism is left up to an outreach coordinator. When I was growing up in church, and this may be a bit outdated nowadays, but when I was growing up, my dad was the outreach director at a few churches that we attended. He had a passion for the lost, the ability to talk to anyone, and he was a great Bible study teacher. And so it was only natural to have someone like that leading outreach. This resulted in our family being involved in a lot of door knocking. And uh, this is, you know, for those who don't know what door knocking is, it's inviting people to church by knocking on the door and talking to them about Jesus. And let's just say as a young man, when I was knocking on doors, I was quietly counting as fast as possible so I could walk away and not have to talk to anyone while I was uh, door knocking and trying to evangelize. In 2021, this is probably not the most effective way to evangelize, especially in bigger cities. I am by no means an expert in this area, but I can definitely offer some suggestions. Before we dive into this though, I want to mention that people are ultimately drawn by the Spirit of God. It is His Spirit that is working on their hearts. He is the one that is drawing them. He is the one that is making a way for them to attend your church. We also need to have the perspective that it is still one that sows the seed, another waters, but it is God who gives the increase. We can't add anyone to our church uh, any more than we can, you know, take people out of heaven. Uh, This is up to God. He is the one that gives the increase. We may be the ones that are supposed to sow the seed, and someone else may be the one that waters, and another church may experience the increase, but it is still our duty. It is still our calling to sow that seed. With that said, there are A number of strategies that you can take when trying to attract people to your church. One of the most effective ways is by leveraging social media and your website to reach your community. Think about the the message you are trying to preach, and yes, I did use that word correctly, preach through your social media pages. Are you consistently communicating the gospel through your posts? Do you consider future guests when planning out your content or in your website build. Social media shouldn't just be a place where we make announcements. It shouldn't just be a a, a place that is only for our church people. But this is a wonderful opportunity. This is a wonderful avenue for you to use to communicate the gospel through your posts. Over the last 11 years that I've been the administrator at the Pentecostals of Sydney, our most effective evangelism tool has been our online presence whether that is through Google searches, sermons on YouTube, or pictures on our Facebook and Instagram that uh, portray what our church is like and so people are drawn to attend our services. I can't overemphasize how important social media is in today's day and age. I mean, think about the last time that you went to a new restaurant, especially people in my generation. I'm 32, so if I'm going to go to a new restaurant... I'm going to check it out on Instagram first. I'm going to maybe go to Facebook, but most probably I'm going to go to Instagram and see what that restaurant is like. What, what is the food like? Um, you know, what are people saying about it? I'm doing all of this research before I'm going to commit my uh, hard-earned dollars to go to this restaurant. How much more do you think guests are investing into their spiritual life? How much more investigation do you think that they're doing You know, you may have the odd one or two that comes in just by a personal invite and has no connection with your church online, but I would say nowadays the vast majority of the people who attend your services are going to have seen something about you online if you are online before they attend. So here are some suggestions that I have, uh, something that you may want to consider in your evangelism system. If you keep a database of the guests that you have, and I encourage you to do that, uh, if you get a church management system, it's very easy for you uh, to keep the da- to keep a, an updated database of your guests. We use Axnet. And if you have that database of your guests from the recent years, you can send them direct mail invites reminding them that you are still there, that you still care about them, whether they're attending your church or not. You still care about them. And that's a great way to remind a guest who's been there before and they may want to come back once they receive a letter like that. You can organize a big event for each quarter of the year, giving your church members the opportunity to invite their friends and family. So some big events that that we have done is Baptism Sunday. Uh, One that I've heard about is Friends Day. I don't think we've done that yet, but where you invite your friends to come. And then also there's... All Nation Sunday, that's another big one that we do where it's just a big celebration of all the different cultures that make up our church. And before COVID, there was food provided and all of that. And that was uh, always a wonderful event at our church. These are big events, highlight events once a quarter that give uh, your church members a specific thing to invite their friends to church or their family to church for. You can Organize training for your members in evangelism. We uh, every once in a while we'll have seminars about how to best connect with people, to talk with people, uh, how to teach Bible studies, and so on. So, organize training for your members to help them in evangelism. Conduct online services by live streaming your services. This is an easy way to get the gospel outside of the four walls of your church. If you've got online streaming, and so many of us have discovered this over the last year, I know for a fact that there has been at least five baptisms this year at our church solely from online services, people hearing about Jesus' name baptism, through an online service. So that's a great way to get the gospel outside the four walls of your church and communicate to someone who needs Jesus. Creating systems is all about doing our best To maximize the opportunities that God has given us to reach those who need Him. Just remember that none of us are perfect when we're going through these systems, when we're addressing flaws in the systems, or even strengths. I mean, not every system is necessarily flawed. There could be a really strong uh, system in your church. But I just want you to remember that none of us are perfect, and we're going to continue to make mistakes even when we make changes. There will probably be mistakes that are made. But the goal is to get better in every area that we are able to so that we can continue to reach others for Jesus and grow the kingdom of God. Well, next week we'll be looking at my personal favorite system and the one that I've spent the most time working on over the years. It's the assimilation system or the assimilation discipleship system. That's going to be an awesome... uh, episodes. You're not going to want to miss that. Well, thank you all for joining me today on the A podcast. I hope this has been helpful to you and that you can use something from what we shared today. I'm grateful for all the feedback that I've received about the podcast so far. And for those of you who have shared it on your social media pages, it it just, every time I see it, it makes me smile. Actually today, uh, my wife uh, had, uh, without me knowing it, she had made up uh, coffee cups with the HACKA logo on it to celebrate the podcast launch. And I just had a big smile on my face. I'm actually drinking from the coffee cup right now. If you found today's episode helpful, please share it with a friend and encourage them to follow the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as a number of other platforms. We actually even created a YouTube channel for the podcast. So it's just audio formatted. Uh, it's a video, but it, it's audio. For those of you who follow podcasts that way, uh, I know some people just subscribe to YouTube and and they do everything through there. Um, So we created that channel. If you guys wanted to find us there, just search the Hacker Podcast and you can subscribe. Speaking of the different platforms, if you have the time to leave me a rating and review on the platform where you listen to the podcast, that would be super great. That would be awesome. I would be very grateful for that. Finally, if you have any questions or if you want to reach out to me, uh, send, uh, send us an email, uh, make some suggestions about what we can do or, or uh, how we can make this podcast better. Email it to contactus at hacka.org. That's contactus at h a c k a dot org. Thank you again for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Hacka Podcast.